Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. So in our last episode, the train of leadership is bearing down upon me and there I am standing helplessly on the track not knowing what to do with that. So I guess I'd say the leaders that had been uh, influential in my journey up to that point was one pastor who helped me when I was in a really dire and dangerous spot. And the second was uh, the pastor that said, be all you can be in Christ. And what he heavily emphasized was surrender. I know I made decisions under his ministry to surrender my path to God, and I will get to a third pastor that was very influential to me in a moment, but I I did not see myself as a leader, really, at all. Um, Who, you know, when they say leader is somebody, if you say, hey, let's all go this way, that everybody goes, you know? that's kind of a a test. I didn't know of any other tests and I didn't even have a group that I could say, hey, let's go this way so I could test it out. But I definitely didn't see myself in that capacity. But what I did know was that I needed to surrender to God's purposes for me and live into that and don't be so afraid. You know, how many times does it say that in scripture? Lots. And I needed to hear that lots. That's probably why it's in there lots, you know, uh, is so that we are regularly reminded not to be fearful. So I did step into that. And then, baby, I stepped into that. And I led this startup that had been going about four and a half years. Uh, I was a chairperson for two. And I led them through a strategic plan, a five-year strategic plan, So in that era of my life, things were actually really good, really good. Things were going well at work. I was staying as busy as I wanted to be. You know, if I said, oh, I'm sorry, I can't meet with you then. I have an appointment. You never knew whether I was, you know, at a nursery school going on a field trip or or having lunch with a friend or what I was doing. And I so things were going good at home at at you know at home it was a fairly easy transition i kept waiting for you know the big bomb to drop and things to start to go really bad at home but my husband is not the kind of guy that you know comes in and bangs his fist on the table and says all right everybody i'm in charge now he's not that kind of a leader he he is um and to this day you know it stands that both my older sons are really have a a good rapport with him. And that's probably an understatement there. So things were going well, you know, and then with the baby, I had a mother-in-law that one year gave me a Christmas present of one day a week, I'll come down and, and stay with the baby. And so she did that. 
And that really was supportive as well. So there were all these people sewing into me, and, and maybe maybe you have that too. And maybe what this podcast might be doing for you is, is to make you aware of the people God has placed around you that are either influencing or sewing into you who are being Jesus in, in some way, shape, or form. So at that point, I really was involved more in parachurch work and the pregnancy center in a small town with a lot of churches. People know who the chair is. You have an annual dinner and the chair has to get up and say stuff, which always just, that was not, I was not down with that, but I did it because it was part of the job. But at that point, my husband and I and our family had begun attending a new church. And this is another pastor who was influential for me. So we had been there just a short while. But again, when I said who I was, and he recognized that I was the, you know, the chair of the pregnancy center, that carried some credibility, apparently, because at some point here along the way, the pastor asked me to teach his Sunday school class. We were going to add a second worship service, and he had a thriving Sunday school class, and he wanted to be able to preach a service during Sunday school and then have another service afterwards, a later service. So he asked me to teach a Sunday school class, and I'm like, what? Why? You know, and I was really, I mean, I can be in a class situation and I will do a lot of listening sometimes because that's my inclination. That's my nature to do that. And when I contribute, I, you know, I contribute and I, I think it's something meaningful most of the times or sometimes it's silly. But I started out sitting down at the table and having like a round table discussion, get your coffee and we'll chat. That's what I started out with. And then it changed to I was standing up at the board to draw a picture, which then moved into being up at the board a lot and standing in front. And, you know, I was kind of like a, a nut with the dry erase board and the markers. So what happened, you know, I can identify this, you know, after the fact, everything's always you know, 2020 hindsight, you know, there was a teaching gift that was emerging. And I was very appreciative of the opportunity that that pastor gave me to to do that, because there were some people at the church that were kind of like, she just got here, what are you letting her do that for? And he stood his ground and was very helpful. He was also well, let me get to this first before I before I throw that at you. But so there was that fateful sermon. There's always that fateful sermon, isn't there? But in all honesty, and I really hate saying this, but I have to say it, I don't even remember what the sermon was about. I do not, I could not tell you what book of the Bible, I could not tell you anything. But I can tell you this, that there was a moment near the end of his preaching where God said to me, are you ready to give me that list? And so that, to me, was a point of surrender kind of question. And I had been keeping this list, you know, like, I'll do anything for you, Jesus, but, and then, you know, we all, or some of us have the, you know, I don't want to go anywhere that is um, third world, or I'm, you know, 
And I say that because I'm a chicken. That's why I say that. I don't want, and I don't want to, Jesus, do for you. I don't want to get up in front of people and talk, okay? And I don't, I had a list, you know, I think there was like five things on here. You can ask me anything, Jesus, like it was a physical list. Ask me anything, Jesus, but these things. So of course, you know that there's going to be a point of surrender coming. And I had already had a pastor that was pretty adamant about what you do in those moments. And in that moment, when God asked me to surrender that list, I was up at the altar praying, and I surrendered the list. And the next thing you know, I was meeting with the pastor. He said, let's meet. And oh boy, there we went. Hey there, Margie Bryce here. And I have a favor to ask you. If you have at least remotely found this podcast interesting, Could you share it with a friend or two? Could you maybe think about who needs encouragement for their journey? Who needs encouragement for their leadership? Who needs to think more about self-care and how it relates to them being the best leader that they can be? How they can offer their best selves to God? And please share this podcast with them. Thanks in advance. So God is asking me, will you give me that list? That was more the question, will you? That's willing. This is an act of the will. This is an act of the will, surrender level act of the will. And so I did. I did. And I ended up pursuing ministry, even though, once again, I did not know what this meant in total. I did not have a clear vision of what this was, or so I didn't think at the time. This is just like that discipleship thingy, thingy that I did. You know, I answered the pastor's question, who wants to be a disciple? I didn't really know what that meant. But I did not really see a call to ministry coming exactly. Um, I know I was serving actively. I was doing what I thought Christians were to do. You know, you find the spot where you're supposed to serve and and you do it. And I was doing that and I was enjoying that. I was having great joy doing that. My previous background of, you know, being raised Catholic, I mean, the list was short. If you were a woman, you could be, you could, the nun comes to mind. That's spelled N-U-N, not N-O-N-E. Um, you could be a nun, but a woman? Mm, I don't know, but apparently, according to my pastor, the, and I was worshiping in a Nazarene church, they they did this, apparently. So, okay, they did this here. They were good with this. All right, I'm moving on. Um, so if you ask me if I saw a female pastor, the answer is no. Um, but I did buy into the girls can thing. And I figured if God called that I needed to answer and not ignore or give excuses, which, you know, it's not like I've never ignored or given excuses along my journey. I'm sure there have been plenty of those. But at this particular moment, I was I was going to answer and I was not going to ignore or give excuses. And I know for me personally, that year was pretty challenging the months before, uh, several months before, 
actually, I think it was at least six or eight months before I had lost my mother to cancer. She was diagnosed and passed within 21 days. I think I turned 40 that year and, and my oldest child was leaving the nest for college. So it was kind of a reality check kind of year where you just really start to boil life down and what does it mean and what does it mean for me and how is my life going to be meaningful? All of those kinds of questions surface. So I felt like I needed to answer this and not ignore, not give excuses. I mean, at the end of the day, I think God knew I was created female. I don't think that escaped God's notice, actually. But it was a a bumpy ride nonetheless. So uh, this was quite a few years ago, actually. So I, I did end up doing things like meeting with the board of ministry. And at first I thought I was gonna do deacon of Christian education because, you know, I like the teaching thing. And that made sense, right? That That made sense. And then along the way, I recalled in my early, early days, shortly after I'm sitting at the kitchen table, reading my Bible, crying over it, and my my friend Sally said, you need to listen to contemporary Christian music. Here, here's a station. Go listen to this. And I'm listening, and I'm, I'm understanding as I'm reading scripture more, like, oh, hey, wow, these songs have scripture in them. That's pretty cool. I Like I said, there was a part of this where I was pretty clueless. And then I could see myself standing and speaking to people about different things. I could see that. And I just thought, you know, that's like delusions of grandeur. This is the part where if I had been a little church girl raised in the little church realm, I might have had a better clue. But along the way, I understood before a board ordained ministry meeting uh, that, oh my goodness, I think this is a call to preach, even though I had already filed paperwork that said I was doing the deacon of Christian education. So at one point, though, I did meet with, this is no joke, it was a round table in a small room, and it wasn't brightly lit. So there was like this one single bulb hanging down that hit over the middle of the table. You know, it was like almost, and these dudes in suits, It felt like an interrogation, and I hated to burst their bubble, but along the way, they're talking, they're asking me questions, and then they said, so you're going to, you're doing the deacon of Christian education, your deacon track, right? And I said, well, I think I have to shift that. I think I'm going to have to go elder, and I'm going to pursue that because I think I have a call to preach, and I didn't understand that until fairly recently, as in after I submitted the paperwork. So I'm pretty sure I messed up their meeting. They were, what, what? Because there weren't a lot of women elders there, unbeknownst to me, except I kind of got a clue when I went to the annual assembly and I'm looking around. I mean, you can't tell really exactly who is the spouse, female spouse of a pastor and who are ministry people, exactly, but I was starting to assess the lay of the land in what I had walked into. And along the way, I did end up in the course of study, which I went through several classes, and 
I, in particular, I got involved in one class that was taught by a woman elder, and that was pretty cool. That was very cool, actually. But at one point, at near the end of class, she came up to me, and this is after reading my papers and what I had done and yada, yada. And she said these fateful words to me, you know, if you are seminary capable, capable, you really ought to be going to seminary. And let me tell you, that was really not on my radar whatsoever, whatsoever. So I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, as uh, time went on, I kind of felt like I was slapped on the front of a snowplow or something. Uh, and in many ways, on behalf of the women that would come behind me. And I just chugged away unknowingly and headed to seminary. And once I graduated, actually, from seminary, I ended up teaching a class or two for the course of study because an instructor knew me and asked me, can you do this for me? That's once I graduated from seminary. And I did go to Nazarene Theological Seminary. So I did end up teaching for the course of study, which was kind of interesting to me because I couldn't be a pastor in reality. However, I could teach and train them. So that was part of the draw to even do that for me. Anyway, I loved the irony of this. So I just thought, okay, well, I will do that. So I I guess I'm I'm saying that again, that I bungled along. This is my opinion. My opinion is, well, I just kind of bungled into this and bungled into that. And I don't think I bungled, and probably you don't think I bungled either, uh, that the Lord God Most High was definitely in charge of the show. And what the pastors had sewn into me, you know, the first one that helped me when I was in a rough spot and, and helped me understand how to take a large and overwhelming task and put it into smaller bits for me. And and he just was very helpful in a lot of ways, especially as he asked me to, would I be a disciple? Not me personally, but the congregation. And the next pastor that sewed into me about surrender, surrendering to God's purpose in your life. And that that is a key thing that I studied for my dissertation is about being emptied of yourself so that you can be filled with what God has for you. And then the third pastor was the one that, you know, gave me a shot. You know, he, to quote Hamilton, I guess, I got my shot from him. He took me on as a volunteer staff, as an associate, and and helped me, um, you know, make some connections on my district so that I could move forward because I was in need of help. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, 
make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor. <laughs>